0: From Racing.com and Top Sport, this is A Good Three with Dr Turf, Matt Welsh and Paul Tatnall.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of A Good Three. It's a mid Melbourne Cup Week episode of A Good Three and we've got a special interview we're going to get to a little bit later but we're not in the studio as per normal and Dr Turf that gives us a good insight into what exactly is in your study what the bloody hell is that in the corner? Is that a pinball that's, machine? That's the Empire Strikes Back. That, that is a, uh, I don't
2: know, I must have told you at some stage I used to own a snooker hall and uh, that's, that's one of the things I kept from the old uh, snooker hall days, the Empire Strikes <laughs> Strikes Back, which unfortunately has got a broken flipper at the moment. I've got a
1: <laughs> boy, oh boy, Paul, I did not have a uh, pinball machine on the bingo card.
0: No, the rumor goes that he still charges his family a dollar coin to come into the uh, man cave and
2: use it. Uh, He's (laughs) that that keen on the cash. So 20 cents, you'll find,
1: Paul. (laughs) Hey, uh, Jeffy, we watched the cup with Paul yesterday. The three of us, uh, the good three team, watched the cup together as is tradition. Uh, Well, for this year anyway. Now, it was interesting. There was a, a little performance before the cup.
2: I was appalled at some of the things that I witnessed and heard yesterday, appalled. And uh, I would have to say in the, let's say, 50 Melbourne Cups I've been to, it was probably the low light of 50 Melbourne Cups i had been to. And it was the singing of the National Anthem, Matty, and it wasn't the actual singing of the National Anthem itself. But at the end of it, and it was beautifully sung by that swimmer, whose name escapes me, Cody something or other, But at the end of it, I was looking there, and the jockeys, even Craig Williams, had his hand over his heart and sung every word of the national anthem. And as soon as the national anthem finished, before the seventy-one thousand people had a chance to take it in and applaud a great performance, Paul Tattenal yells out, (laughs) "Go Catters!" Like a complete and utter bogan, dead set (laughs) cannot take him anywhere. Maddie and I were. I was humiliated myself. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen at a Melbourne Cup. And uh, honestly,
0: I think you owe the industry an apology. Yeah, listen, I did not yell it out. I, I spoke to you. I said, this is a flashback to Earth. And the last time I heard that song uh, in person was the greatest day of the year. So, and let's talk about Carry On. I saw you hanging off people off the fence. Oh, that guy said hello. Don't know who he is, though. <laughs> <laughs> you were just in your absolute element. A turkey, turkey, turkey. Oh, that's Kieran Ma's father. <laughs> I've never seen a bloke name drop as much as I did yesterday in the mountain yard. Um, already, yeah, it was quite the scene. He, uh, he was in his element, Matthew. Uh, but it was a tricky day. And um... no apologies for
2: saying go cats. I don't think. Uh... Knowing, uh, Kieran's dad, Johnny Ma from the old Warnable days 40 years ago. I don't think that's name-dropping. But anyway, i tell you what, there was a disaster a There he goes uh, again. Uh, uh, Manny will uh, back me up with this, Paul. I don't care. But uh, after the race had been run, it's about 20 workmen started dragging the stage in for the presentation. And we looked at each other and said, hang on, the horses aren't back in the mania here yet. This could be chaos. <laughs> and uh, they didn't realise, did they? And then, of course, Somebody must have taken their collective coats, and they started to take them back out of the mounting yard. The horses were just starting to come in, but then they then deposited them at the at the, at the beginning of the race that goes back to, down the tunnel into the uh, into the horse stabling area. So uh, that wasn't going to be good enough. Oh, that would have been carnage as well. So a uh, little hiccup there. The returning horses caught a few people
0: by surprise. There was more VRC media staff in there than. Uh... Strappers at one stage, but the, some of those horses came back early. I think Ben Malham's mount know, came back early. The mounting yard was still half full. I think they suddenly realized that the, uh, the race was over yeah. and everyone had to get out
1: of there.
2: I know. I had to say to you two, Nipmits, I think we should get out of here.
1: Speaking <laughs> of controversy, though, and things not going all to plan, Turfy, uh, you might have been uh, an illegal entrant into the mounting yard yesterday. You had a few ticketing issues.
2: Uh, I did have some ticketing issues yesterday, uh, and uh, but luckily I had an owner's ticket on me, uh, having a runner early in the day, so I, I exploited that, uh, Matt. And when you when you're sort of uh, you know polite and amiable to the gate staff, as I have been my whole life, and you you blokes barely give them the time of day. You walk past them as though they're not there. They say, in you come, son. in you come. They know who I am.
0: You just drops. Don't don't you know who I am?
2: Like, oh yeah. no. <laughs> there's a lesson for you two executive type snobs that be there are the, the the blokes that are there every day middle of winter all year
1: round and you've got to embrace them all and new blokes barely acknowledge them Geez, Turfy, i've heard you sprout some rubbish on this podcast before but you are certainly not a man of the people there is absolutely no doubt about that let's talk about the race though it was taken out by gold trip uh He was excellent. Second horse in a row, or second year in a row, we've seen a horse come out of the Cox Plate and win the Melbourne Cup. Turfy, what were your thoughts on the race? And with
2: the top weight as well, you know, two years in a row, there's there's been a 57 attached to their name. So he was dominant, wasn't he? I mean, you know, really, you know, he'd run so well in the Caulfield Cup, gave the winner their six kegs, uh, wasn't given much opportunity to compete in the Cox Plate, it's fair to say, with uh, the jockey on in there. Uh, and again a little bit like very elegant sort of probably it didn't give him enough thought but um, we talked a lot about the evenness and the lack of depth in the cup this year and I suppose the the horse with as good a credentials as any was staring us in the face and it was a fantastic win and just further stamped this training operation as just masters of the caper, masters of the caper
1: No certainly are uh, Paul what, what did you make of the cup though? I
0: happened to hear the Gold Trip owner's report this morning, uh, which I'm glad I heard it this morning and rather than yesterday morning because I did back the horse yesterday. But I heard the owner's report, potentially might not have been. Now, uh, what not a lot of confidence the horse was going to see out the 3,200 meters. Um, you know, it's a beautiful ride too by Mark Zara. Let's not forget too, Turf. It was just 12 months ago. He was on an enforced holiday, holiday for uh, a beach party, beach house party, we should say. So I thought he gave it a beautiful ride yesterday, and does stamp himself now as one of the elite riders here in
2: Australia. And Patty Maloney, you know, just watching the race, and I haven't put a great deal of uh, time into the replays there because I don't think it's going to be much of a form reference going forward for us. But uh, just get the feeling if Anthony hadn't have dived in, you know, maybe 150 meters out, he, he may have, may have gone close to rolling that horse, but. Um, he had to straighten it up, and that was the end of the end of the penny section. What about high emotion coming through? You know, let's be honest. High emotion won that a very small field on the Bendigo Cup, beat Julia Sand, who's uh, benchmark horse, you know, by a head or whatever, and has come out and and you know run a, a spectacularly good race in the Cup, and it just God, what an operation they are, really, seriously.
1: What an operation. No, they certainly are. Geelong and Bendigo Cup, there finishing second and third. We might chat a little bit about Champions Day on the other side of uh, Glenn Boss. We'll go to that now. We caught up with Bossy last week, ahead of him uh, working with Channel 10, of course, across the broadcast from Melbourne Cup. We chatted about some of his career highlights, so hopefully you enjoy this chat with Bossy. We welcome in now champion jockey, Glenn Boss. Of course, he rode Maccabi Diva famously to three Melbourne Cups on end. I was watching back some of his rides in the last 24 hours. Absolute, some absolute crackers in and amongst them. But uh, Bossy, you were front and centre there at Cox Plate on Saturday. What was it like being a a fan as opposed to in the saddle?
3: Yeah, honestly, it was a a great day to be there. Um, It was just so good to see everyone so engaged, um, yeah, from the young to the old and everyone in between. It was just, everyone just seemed to be happy. There was a very good vibe there and, yeah, it was, so, it was just so good to be a part of that, to be honest. I was getting, I will admit, I was getting very antsy, um, <laughs> you know, when they did the National Anthem and I went and hugged up, like give all the boys a bit of a hug and, and the girls, sorry, and um, I, get, I did get a bit antsy there thinking, wow, just I'd love to be out there doing that right now. I
2: mean, but, I've been to a million race meetings in my life, uh, bossy, That meeting, the the atmosphere there, the noise, the the proximity of everybody, horses, the crowd. Do do you feel that sitting on horseback there as well? Oh
3: my wordy! And I and I was doing a video of as the last as uh, half the field was getting into the into the barriers, and then when you see the last one go in and you see that red light go on, oh lordy! The noise and as soon as they break, the noise just goes up another level. It, It was um. And that's what we used to feel in the barriers. You could, you, you could, you know, second last one comes in, the last one comes in, and then all of a sudden you just feel this vibration coming down towards you. And, and actually, it's more than a noise. Actually, Turfy, it, it's actually it, it's a vibration that you feel. It's, um, it, it's unbelievable. Would the horses feel it? Of course they would know. Yeah, I mean their their ears go up. You know, they can see it. You know, they can feel it. You know, they, but as um, soon as their barriers break, they're you know they're into their into what they have to do. You know what they do very well
1: well so you speak of that noise uh, you of course won one of the cox plates that there was no crowd at uh, what was that experience like <laughs> uh,
3: completely bizarre um you know it, it starts when you're you're in you jump on them and you know you kind of lock in and then you you just you, you, like you put your mouth guard in and you just kind of go into that place but as soon as you come out that tunnel the noise normally just hits you so hard um, you're walking out of tunnels like, oh, shit. This is this is awkward, you know what I mean? And you get down the barriers and it's kind of, you know, you hear a few birds chirping you and you're talking to each other. It's just,
2: <laughs> just bizarre. Uh, Speaking of crowds, uh, Bossy, um, my three favourite racehorse photographs I've I've ever <coughs> seen is the triple dead heat at, in the Hotham Handicap, now the Lexus at Flemington 1956. There's a great photograph yeah. of Tommy Woodcock in the stall with Reckless's, sitting on the floor with Reckless's head in his lap. I don't know if you've seen that photograph. Yeah, I've seen that. It's a beautiful photograph. And the, the third one is taken from the top of the straight, looking down the straight. You're sitting on the back of Maccabi Diva. You've come back after winning. You've dropped your reins and the horse is... The Div is just staring at the crowd. It's an unbelievable photograph. Do you remember that one? And, and what was going through your mind?
3: Well, the night before, I had kind of a feeling that I was very confident she could win. And I was basically thinking, well, when she does win, and if she does, it was basically what I was thinking when she does, there's something I've got to do. Um, because she become very uh, much of a public personality by then she everyone owned it by this point you know i mean out of the 110 or fifteen thousand that turned up h- half of them were, were hoping that she could win and the other half that thought she couldn't were still hoping that she could win mm. so i had everyone on my side so i was thinking well i've got to do something here that represents her you know like, and what she's done so i decided that if she won and when she won I'd take her down to the famous clock tower and I'd actually show Kate, I'd show her, I'd take it to the people. That's basically what I want to do. I just took it to the people and she did it so elegantly. She just stood there in front of the crowd and I took my hands at the rain. It felt like the right thing to do just to point at her and and acknowledge that it was all about her. And um, the way she did it though, it was just, you couldn't, you can't script that stuff. It, It was just a moment in time that, you know, I will never,
2: ever forget. The, the photograph taken from the top of the straight looking down the straight, so you see her in front of the clock tower and 80,000, 100,000 people. It's just one of the great racing photos. And, uh, you know, it, yeah, i yeah, it's interesting to hear that you're saying that you knew something was about to unfold and uh, you... Uh it was just a fantastic photo, dropping the rains.
1: Incredible day, incredible day, and incredible feat—one we'll probably never see again. The uh, <laughs> like the, 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 the three Melbourne Cups, uh, Bossy, you're going to be doing a different role this Cup Carnival. You're part of the the Channel Ten broadcast. Give us a little insight to to what you'll be doing and how you're looking forward to that.
3: Yeah, I am looking forward to it. It's um, it's going to be a little bit um, nerve wracking for me. It's a whole different, you know, genre for me. I suppose it's just something different, but I'll. You know me guys um i'm really looking forward because i'm you know i'm i'm quite an opinionated person and i don't really sugarcoat stuff i suppose um and i'll be on the i'll be on the panel with eddie um and michael so yeah it's basically i'll just be giving my opinion and and hopefully bringing racing into the lounge rooms a bit giving people a real inside the guts and nuts and bolts that go on you know behind the scenes and you know, because I have access to all the jockeys um, and a lot of the trainers will come up and talk to me and, I'll, uh, and give me the, you know, basically give me the, the honest opinion what they think. Um, so I'll be able to hopefully put, put that into the lounge rooms and people can get something out of it.
1: How have you found that transition from riding into media? You've done a bit of work with Ladbrokes along the way as well. Uh, how have you found it being out of the saddle and in front of the camera?
3: Um, it's been a little bit nerve-wracking. Um, I'm learning a lot. Um, I'm far from, <laughs> I'm far from polished. I'll give you the tip. It's just every time I go out there and do it, I try and do a little bit better. I've and, I try and, I tend to talk a bit fast, and I tend to, you know, my, so I'm trying to slow myself down and and make sure that you know I project myself in the right way. Um, yeah, but it's just a learning process. Um, I'm, I am enjoying it though.
2: What did a, a kid from Caboolture uh, in the 1970s, what, what was your aim? What was your dream back at back in Caboolture in the 70s, Glenn?
3: Uh, it wasn't really a dream until I started riding horses. Um, and then when, then when I started riding horses and realised you know, I could do a, make a living out of this and I thought I was, you know, I, could, I think I could be okay at this, you're you, you focused at is, a, is about all about the majors, you know. It really becomes all about that, um, the big ones. Um, and that, and we have our four majors in Australia. I, th- I think there's probably five, to be very honest. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just you really want to win the big ones, you know. And, and, and the main one I wanted to win as a young kid was the... I really wanted to win a Cox Plate. That was the one race I really wanted to win before any others,
2: and he did that four times. Actually, I was talking to Stevie Arndt last week about, so you think, what he felt like to sit on. Uh, you mm. sat on him in a Cox plate. What did he feel like?
3: You know what? It, it's an incredible experience when I got on that horse. You know, to have Bart Cummings ring you up a couple of days after he got beaten in the, in the Guineas, Caulfield Guineas, and say, bossy, I've got a 3 old and this could possibly be the best horse I've ever trained. And you just go, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> like you had me, you had me at hello, Bart. You know, he said, "I'm, I'm, I'm, I'm running this horse in the cock's plate, and what you to ride him." It's like, you know what? If you, you had me at hello, I'm in. And um, the first time I sat on him was a, a jump out ten days before at Flemington, and I knew immediately when I got on his back and I did a jump out. I said, "Man, I've got this is." This is McQuaidy David. This is this is another another champion. This is a champion. I only got to experience a champion once in my lifetime, and that was the second one. And um, yeah, what a wonderful experience to ride that horse. Uh, I only got to ride him twice under race conditions, but they were both pretty pretty special
1: times bossy you've ridden a, a number of big race winners you've won group ones uh, right across the 90, country 90 extraordinary what 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 is it may not necessarily be a group one either but what what do you put down as your greatest ever ride and i'm not talking about necessarily winning a feature i'm no. talking about one where it was just you were in all sorts of trouble it was an incredible ride what was your greatest
3: Private Steer in the Doncaster. Oh, I knew it was um, going to be that. I was there.
2: Where is Private Steer? She's last as they straighten up. Fantastic second mast on the rails. In the straight now. 400 metres to go. They top the rise. And Miss Potential's in front. Miss Potential leads by a length. Ambulance is coming up on the inside. And here comes Grand Army. Grand Army with a brilliant run right down the outside. He is the opposition. Grand Army went to
4: the lead. Private Steer is flying. Has got up to win it. She jumped down on the ground.
2: Private Steer. She's beaten Grand Army. Grand Army was home for your money.
4: If anyone
3: talks about that one, um, and you know, there was moments like um, in the in the Guineas or God's Own. You know, those things. Yeah. You just kind of things just don't go right. But what you got to do is just got to completely at that point. You just got to stop. <laughs> You clear your, clear your process, your mind. You just got to go. Okay, we can still get this job done, or if not, we can still run very well. And you know, you, you just kind of clear your, you clear your head, and then just find the best path and na- navigate the best path home. And um, you know, I was really lucky. Geez, when you talk about some of the flesh I've ridden throughout my career, I'm well, I can sit here for an hour and rattle off names and still forget ones, you know. And you, when you think about the the best Colts that have been retired in the last 20 years, I've probably ridden to victory half of them. You know, you're talking about the schnitzels and, you know, Fastnet Rocks and, geez, you go on there the and <laughs> so you thinks And, mate, I, I could just rattle off ten names here and you'll go, oh, yeah, man, that was a great Colt, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm very blessed.
2: You may not want to answer this one, but um, what was a big race that maybe, maybe you made a blue on in the run and uh, probably could have won it?
3: Oh, yeah,
1: that's a good question. Um, Never made a blue. Turfy?
3: No, well, you know, I'm yeah, of course you did. But I can look back on most of my Group 1s and, you know, like even some of my Group 1 rides when I didn't win were mm. outstanding, you know. like um, I've, yeah, Of course, you know, I think the one that really got me, and it actually, in a funny way, it, it worked out really well, is when I got beat on Royal Code in the Australian Guineas, it yeah. was just, you know... The horse should have won. I dropped my stick at the 300-metre mark, which I'd never done in my life and never done it since until I retired. And and it actually cost the horse the Australian Guineas because it was a real cult that needed encouragement. He'd only give as much as you asked him. And he got beat, ran second, and clearly should have won. And I come back in and David Hall was very upset, and I was very upset. And I just said to Tony Tanik, I said, mate, I'm sorry, I just cost you the Australian Guineas and this cult... You know, you could imagine the value of that, coal mm-hmm. And um, that one really upset me. But in a funny way, me coming back and saying the absolute truth, I said, and I was very upset. I said, to Tony, I'm so sorry, I just cost you the Australian Guineas." And, he's, and uh, he said, don't worry, son, there'll be another day. And you wouldn't believe, 80 months later,
1: mm.
3: <laughs> when they were thinking about jockeys to ride Mackay he, he only, only one person he thought about it. he said, because I'm, I'm going to repay that favour. And he, that's the way it worked out.
1: Bossy, just quickly, uh, what are you doing off the track? How do you keep yourself busy when you're not doing the media stuff that we see you in the spotlight for? I know I played a game of golf with you not long ago. You almost got killed by an errant golf ball, but how do you you keep yourself busy?
3: Yeah, I I love golf. I'm a bit of a fanatic. Once I get into it, I start just getting a bit silly (laughs) with it, actually. (laughs) I play much. Um, I've just started back at the gym the last couple of weeks, so I'm smashing myself at the gym, which is fun um we live on the live on the bay here so there's a little bit of paddle boarding and uh, stand-up boarding um just things like that just keep moving you know and you know now with this with look doing this stuff with channel 10 and you know stuff with lead brakes is you know you, you sort of keep your finger on the tab on your finger on the pulse with racing you know it kind of you need to be up with it all the time um to all the news and what your opinion is and stuff and So that keeps me busy enough.
1: Bossy, it's been uh, terrific chatting with you. Look forward to uh, seeing you throughout Cup Week. It was great to see you at the Valley last Saturday. Of course, champion jockey now making your own way in uh, in the media game. So best of luck for the next week. It's going to be a terrific week of racing, and uh, look forward to catching up soon.
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward to these four days, and you know what I'm really looking forward to the last day. Oh, it's going (laughs) to be be a
1: cracker. Yeah.
3: this could be one of the this could be one of the days for all ages, you know. If they all turn up in the right right condition and all these all these good horses, I'll tell you what this is. This is going to be an experience, I think. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to. The, hopefully, um, everyone has a great time, and hopefully the weather comes good. But um, yeah, thanks guys. Appreciate your time. Good all the best, bossy. bossy. See you there. Having a bet on the racing this week? Top this. With Top Sport's
0: best of the best moldies, top odds are guaranteed. Place a best of the best multi during Saturday Metro meetings for the top flug or dividend from the best three national totes. Plus, there's best of the best to win up to five grand two. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport, feel the excitement. Don't let the game play you stay in control. Gamble responsibly.
1: A look from the book, presented by Top Sport. On that to have a chat to Tristan from Top Sport and Tristan, gee, I imagine you're a bit tired today. The uh, the staff would have been working overtime in the Top Sport office on Cup Day. How'd you fare with the gold trip
4: result? Yeah, g'day boys and yeah, Cup Day, it's always a big day. You're getting in nice and early. We've got a full team on deck. It's always an exciting day, you know, like everyone's up and about, same as, you know, if you're at the track or whatever. But the day itself, there are a lot of roughies that got up early, so we got ourselves off to a nice lead. But the, the Cup in itself was actually a pretty ordinary result. Our end, we ran into the um the first four. One of our one of our regular loyal customers got it twice, which collected him over a couple hundred thousand. So that uh, certainly puts a little dent into things when you push the go button, because we thought we broke square on the race, and then uh, obviously you don't know the results of the exotics until the final uh, bell goes.
2: Can I ask how much his bet cost him?
4: Yeah, he he, he likes uh, dabbling in the first fours. He he spent, I think he had 3,400 on it. So he didn't take a wide, or I think he took maybe six or seven runners, maybe eight. So it was, um, yeah, we're probably thankful in hindsight that uh, one of the the real rough ones that finished second and third didn't lob because it could have paid even more.
2: That's a great effort, finding high emotion and emissary at the same time as a 20-to-1 winner. That's a great effort. What's his number, mate?
4: A... <laughs> <laughs> you 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 played your cards very well, I we actually thought it was you, so um <laughs> I wish.
1: <laughs> uh Tristan, how did the day fare more generally? What was turnover and betting interest like on this year's cup?
4: Yeah, it, it was really good. Obviously, we we've um we've we've changed a couple of things in our in our structures and we have reduced turnover a touch. So it sort of went pretty similar to what um what the rest of the carnival's been in that sense, but it was there was a lot of people betting. We had a lot of our regulars involved. It was great to see, and um, you know certainly the the start of the day there were a lot of the rougher horses winning. It seemed like the results in Melbourne were were very big from a bookmaking point of view, but maybe Sydney and Brisbane, where we obviously get a lot of activity in Brisbane, the, the punters sort of fought a little bit back there. So we got our nose in front, but it was um, yeah, it was it was a tense old day at times.
1: Hey, one of the interesting discussions across the week was the amount of money for Deauville Legend, and, and there are a number of reasons for that, but did you see a, a huge weight of money for the favour?
4: Yeah, that was probably one of the more disappointing aspects from our, pers- our perspective on the Cup. We probably thought, and we heard the uh, the mentions of uh, a big plunge potentially coming, so we tried to probably smart ourselves and keep ourselves out of the uh, the early mix, and uh then obviously when the rain came and it drifted hard, it actually meant for us it was running around a winner, which you never really want to have in a, in a big group one race, but it was a it was a slight winner. And um, I was probably cheering it on because I knew if, if Dover Legend won, then obviously the exotics weren't going to be so bad, which is always the, uh, the the one race of the year where you just can't control how they pan out. But, um, yeah, it was certainly the, the the money for Realm of Flowers. That was one of the biggest goes I've seen for a long time in the last half an hour, and we stood it for a heat. That was our worst way, and probably – worse than any of our uh, worst ways in uh, n- a number of years. So it was um, it was a very, very big go, and obviously came home well late, but never probably looked like it was going to gonna get the result.
0: Tristan, apparently there's another race on yesterday called the Big Dance. Now, I got a text at about 2.22 to watch it, and the race had already been run two minutes earlier. What was the interest in that life? Did, was it as big as the uh, the fella up north thinks it was, or was it uh, quieter?
4: Oh, well, it, it was actually interesting as we saw uh, one of the other members of this little panel pop the text into our chat group as well. So it was good to see the priority order that racing New South Wales have us. and you got yours two minutes after the race. I got mine six minutes after the race, and the other unknown source got his an hour and a half after. so it was good to see where the uh, <laughs> where the priorities lay. but no, it certainly wasn't anywhere near the uh, the turnover, really any race on 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 Flemington on it was a good field and you know like from our win, we always want to see, a couple of meetings where there's good turnover um, on, on a big day like, uh, like yesterday. So I, I think it was a good result, but it was certainly nowhere near um, probably any race on, on the day in Flemington um, c- compared to what it was.
1: Tristan, uh, you took on Light Infantry successfully in the Golden Eagle last Saturday, just about the only horse Kirimara and David Eustace have uh, lost with in recent times. But Champions Day acceptance has just come out, which I'm looking forward to having a chat to the guys about shortly. It looks an outstanding day. Is there one that you're going to be keen to take on, noting that acceptances have just lobbed?
4: Yeah, so I'm, I'm probably, and, and as you say, acceptance just lobbed, so I haven't had a real deep dive into, into things just yet. But I've always loved this day, Stakes Day. Um, you know, for my end, it's always one of those days where maybe some of the, the big guns have their sights set on some races earlier in the carnival, and that's their, their grand final. And then maybe you, it's a little bit of an afterthought going into some of these races on Saturday. So for that reason we're gonna really try to take on Animo. Obviously an absolute superstar. Um, I, I just can't see how the Cox Plate was in its grand final. Um, obviously it's a brilliant horse and it's gonna be very hard to beat, but certainly at the price, it looks such a quality field that I, I'm very keen to take on Animo on Stakes Day and we'll certainly be uh, trying to put it in and around the even money quote.
2: I didn't mean to go back to last weekend, uh, yesterday Cup Day, but I was just curious as to that, Randwick meeting is now a 10 race card with that $2 million race. The meeting as a whole, um, and the fact it was also broadcast on Channel Seven, was it not? Um, what sort of um, hold was that across the day for that meeting compared to years gone by?
4: Yeah, the, the hold was hold was decent, um, but for, from our perspective, um, you know, like it, it was just absolute one way traffic, Melbourne, uh, Flemington, in terms of where the hold was. Uh, Randwick was good, and and um, it, it was it was a good hole, but it was down on where it was from last year, just for a few of the other reasons we've been doing. But you know, from our perspective, um, there wasn't a huge difference between Brisbane and Randwick, which um, which I think is telling, uh, considering where our client base is. I don't
2: know about you, Manny, but my, my gut feeling is that that meeting. I mean, I think the Golden Eagle is a success. I think the the Everest is obviously a huge success. I don't think that race will ever get traction on Cup Day.
1: It may not it's I think historically and we'll, we'll let the public decide that but historically it's been a big day anyway on course they've always got a decent attendance being cup day so you know if you are going to do something it's probably the right day to you know sort of try the next move they've tried a lot of moves and, and a lot of them have been successful but you know you got a captive audience there people are punting uh, there probably is a little bit of upside in it it's a work day I think and- the end of the day it's
2: a work day and there's, you know there's going to be always going to be an audience people that can get to the track or get to the TAV or the pub or whatever but the bottom line is it's a work day and I, I think that's going to be a, a big hurdle for that race to that day to overcome
1: all right Tristan uh, terrific to catch up with you look forward to touching base next week and uh, well done on surviving the
4: cup yeah thanks guys and uh, we'll chat to you next week all the best for Stakes Day having a bet on sport this week top this Whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and
0: greyhounds, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. And with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you well covered. So if you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play you stay in control. Gamble responsibly.
1: Well, gents, the acceptances have just lobbed for Champion Stakes Day, and it's been billed as a big day for a while. This is the first year it's come into existence. It's been the brainchild of Lee Jordan at the VRC for a number of years, and it's promised to deliver a big day. And boy, oh boy, Turfy, the acceptances are out of this world good.
2: Yeah, the Champions Mile, the Champions Stakes, and of course, the, the But It is spectacular, absolutely spectacular. Only one race missing from the card, in my humble opinion, boys, the Melbourne Cup. If the Melbourne Cup was here as well, it would be the greatest day's racing of the year in Australia.
0: Do you remember the criticism, though, when it was first announced earlier this year about the Champions Day, the moving of the McKinnon, I think it was? Uh, So, out of doubt, going to be a raging success day. Nature Strip. Giga Kick uh, Craig Williams to will take the ride on Giga Kick instead of Bella Nipatina, which I think you might find as a view that he will be uh, far better chance of knocking off the world's greatest sprinter and then Animo as well. So if you are don't if you love racing, you're not there on Saturday. There's something wrong with you. on turf, I know I saw you out there in your vest and your coat and your trench coat yesterday. Uh,
2: Twenty degrees and sunny on Saturday, so perfect day for racing. Yeah, I mean, having said what I said, it's still a spectacular day. I, mean, I don't think there's anyone missing, is there? I don't think there's a horse missing. You, you just, you've just you got the best sprinters, the best middle distance, if you want to call miles middle distance, and certainly the best 2,000-meter
1: horses. So it, it's just its a feast. All right, really looking forward to that. Make sure you tune in to all the action on Saturday. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Glenn Boss. Look forward to seeing you next week on another episode of A Good Tree. That was A Good Tree, presented by Racing.com
0: and Top Sport.